Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about grenade launchers. I feel like they're a great concept, but they haven't really landed in the game in a full way yet. I don't think they should be in the power slot. If you gave them more ammo, lowered their damage, put them in the energy slot, you could do a lot of fun things with them. Add a lot of different types. I uh, outlined a bunch of different type ideas. So if you're here right now, you can submit questions with the question command. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can tune in live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. Uh, and as with all of my content, share it with people that you think might like it. You can look this podcast up in all those places. Just look up SNTR Presents. First question comes from Morpheus. Destiny 2 is my first Destiny game, and I have put close to 40 hours in over the past week, and I'm starting to hit uh, the Gambit and Crucible area. Does the power of your hero drastically affect your performance in Crucible and Gambit? Because it seems like I'm always in games with 600 power players, and I'm sitting at the bottom at 500. I'm fairly certain that yes, power matters when invading in Gambit, and it matters in Iron Banner. Uh, it matters in Iron Banner. So as long as you're not in Iron Banner, and as long as you're not fighting invaders, your power isn't going to matter that much in those areas. Uh, obviously, getting yourself into the higher power structures is better, so when Iron Banner rolls around, or you do invade, you don't have to worry about power advantages. So, if you're going up against 600 players and you feel like you're dying really fast, just make sure it's not a... Uh, it's not your imagination because I think sometimes people imagine that things are stronger than they are when maybe they're just dying a lot because the other player is better maybe they're just dying a lot because they're getting shot by more than one player and it has nothing to do with power or the weapons being used Um, so but those are areas where you're going to feel a difference if you're under leveled so do what you can with the milestones every week to try to raise your power and get up to 600 you know do the little yellow circles everywhere that you're seeing them and that should help you in your experience portante what do you think about black armory news coming and also no news of trials uh they're not talking about it yet so i'm not concerned about no news of trials um they said in the twab uh this week at bungie is the blog that comes out every thursday you should follow bungie on twitter or check bungie.net every thursday evening uh or friday you know the next day friday for that blog post They said that this next week for the holiday, they're going to be very sparse and infrequent with news updates. And then the season's ending on the 27th, and they're going to start telling us about everything then. So I wouldn't be too concerned right now about not hearing anything about trials. Uh, I would just kind of wait and see, you know, what's going on when they start announcing. I would be surprised if trials doesn't make a return during season of the forge. That would be a really, really long time uh, without trials. Now, Faction Rally, I could see Faction Rally getting shelved again just because we didn't really need it this season. I'll be I'll be kind of disappointed if we don't get Faction Rally back because uh, Faction Rally is so enjoyable. I like, it's just like a fun grind. I like the aesthetics of the different, uh, the different factions. Um, so I'll be disappointed if Faction Rally gets shelved again. But I think Faction Rally is more likely to be shelved one more time than Trials, personally, just because I think PvP is going to need something. The Luna's grind and the Not Forgotten grind was sort of your, uh, I think maybe your replacer uh, for trials to keep people in there and to keep people kind of thinking, you know, comps worth messing with. If you didn't have a Luna's or a Not Forgotten grind, comp uh, comp would have been a dead playlist without those. So, 
Goop. Uh, with it seeming like Bungie is trying everything to get people back invested in TD2, you think Black Armory is going to bring people back a lot of old weapons to drum up interest, such as Icebreaker, Galley, etc., or do you think it'll be all new stuff? I think they'll use one weapon, probably Icebreaker, to get people interested again. I think they're going to save Galley for next year. I've said many times that I think September of 2019 is going to be the Taken Queen. Galahorn will be a central piece of that marketing, and that's kind of where we're going to end up next year. Uh, again, these are just my predictions. I don't have any inside information. But that's where I think um, they're going to end up with those things. Now, Black Armory, is it going to bring a lot of people back? We looked at the numbers this morning. I think the game is actually doing very well for daily player engagement a month out from Forsaken's deliverable. Uh, we are literally, not a month out, I'm sorry, we are two months out. We are two months out from the launch of Forsaken, and I think 1.6 million in PvE according to Destiny Tracker, and 1 million in PvP is really strong. Uh, I think engagement numbers are really, really doing well. Uh, I think that's why they're pushing so hard to get people into Gambit. Because I think they've got a lot of people playing. They did a lot of pushes with free to play on PlayStation, free to play on PC. Then they made Gambit free. Then they did Double Infamy and Triple Infamy. And then they did Double Infamy again. And Double Infamy and Triple Infamy, I think, are coming around one more time from the TWAB. I think I saw that in there. Uh, that th- I think they're capitalizing on the fact that people are playing and they want to expose them to Gambit. I think Gambit is a part of the future plan. The, you know, it's a part of it's going to expand and evolve during uh, the season of the Outlaw, which is Drifter. Or no, we're in the season of the Outlaw now. I forget season of what season Drifter is called. Uh, this was season of the Outlaw. Next is season of the forge then it's something then penumbra is season of the shadow so i think i think gambit is a is a long is a long game for them it's not grabbing questions somebody probably deleted questions from the black sheet instead of the white sheet you have to use the white sheet if you're going to delete questions is it season of the jester okay Oh, it's grabbing questions? Okay. Well, then, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't like that person. So, as far as your question of, like, isn't going to bring a lot of people back, I I think they're doing a really good job of maintaining people right now. So, uh, I don't don't think there's this big, big vacancy in the community uh, at the moment. So, I think people will come back. I think they're maintaining strong player base numbers, even without brand new content. So... Rugaroo Boogaloo grenade launchers should they be built for ad clear or boss DPS I vote for ads a large blast radius with low damage make a group of enemies all one shots yeah see I like where your head's at because you're kind of seeing what I'm seeing right um you're basically dealing with you're basically dealing with a spammy weapon with more ammo reserves and that to me I think could do damage to a boss reasonable right you can spam any high rate of fire shotgun on a boss and do pretty good damage i think they actually need to lower that uh i don't think high rate of fire shotguns with pellets should be doing the damage they presently do to bosses they could lower that a little bit it could still be a decent alternative if you're out of power ammo but it shouldn't be as strong as it is now and then you could treat grenade launchers the same way you could say well ease of use there's a lot of ammo they're kind of spammy they're not that hard to use you know 
here here's the damage threshold decent damage decent damage to you know to bosses but mainly meant for ad clearing majors and shield busting mid-tier mid-tier work right taking care of a major or a shielded boss or you know a handful of tanky enemies in an area that's like mid-tier engagement and then like low tier engagement is your red bar ads your thralls your at you know your dregs your your you know your your war beasts the little dogs on the ground legionaries stuff like that and you just pop them with a headshot and you're good to go so i i agree with you i think i think that'd be a good that'd be a good fit for grenade launchers bishop 743 what are your thoughts on sony skipping e3 this year uh it seems like more publishers and developers are deciding to pass and to do their own thing is e3 in any trouble yeah e3's been in trouble for a while this isn't new news by the way more and more companies have decided that e3 is a lot of money um and the reason i think sony is backing out is because sony was never leveraging the lot the the viewing audience they were more concerned with the live audience whoever was in charge of the sony pressers was just going off the old playbook oh it's you know the live audience matters most no the viewing audience at home matters most not the people sitting there in the seats people sitting there in the seats are like so low on the priority you know you got you got what 500 to a thousand people in the seats and you got hundreds of thousands of people watching via twitch so i think that they started to see bad roi on the money and time and it was because they just structured their pressers poorly now somebody at sony might have said well if we're really going to focus on the live viewing audience at home, the streaming audience, if that's going to be our big push and our big focus, we don't need to go to E3 to do that. We can do our own streams. We can space them out. We can promote them. We can have really, really cool guest stars to really pump it up. You know, we're going to get uh, LeBron James to come play our video game. You know, whatever the frick. Um, these are all things that that they can do whenever they want and have a more focused audience and probably save a ton of money or use the same amount of money and spread out the streams, the pushes, the marketing thrusts, all that stuff. They could push all that stuff out um, instead of doing one big show at E3. So I'm not surprised. I think more companies are going to do this personally. Uh, Brona Doman uh, Brona Doman, do you think the Telesto and Crucible should be nerfed but stay in the special slot or move to the heavy slot? I think the easiest solution, and this might not be easy on the back end, but I think the easiest solution that would satisfy everybody would be to say the Telesto only gets ammo from 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 power. It's not a shotgun. You can get a one-hit kill with it from super far away. It's a power weapon. But if you move it to the power slot, it'll never get used in PvE. And if you nerf it, that's that's not the response that is needed right now. Right? That's not the response that is needed right now. The response that is needed is it needs to pull from the ammo type. Uh, it needs to pull from the ammo type that fits its efficacy. It's working as a power weapon. And because it's working as a power weapon, very simply just say it... It only gets... Oh, we just got an alternative uh, to that um, that emblem. That would be my that would be my my move. Don't nerf it, and it only gets ammo from power. That would be my pivot. 
uh hey it's it's a had 92 uh it's a hot i don't i think i'm not sure uh how do you feel about grenade launcher bullet drop i think their their range their range efficiency range is pro is fine because it's a spammy weapon rocket launchers can track from super far away linear fusions uh and the 1k voices which is a regular fusion but it basically functions as a linear fusion with respect to kind of like its efficiency range uh are, are, is totally fine when you have a spammy weapon i think you want it to be more in the mid-range right think about like auto rifles uh high rate of fire shotguns pulse rifles pulse rifles go a little bit beyond mid to mid to far uh but again you're you're having you're having ease of use uh more justified when you say you know you have to get close yeah it's easy to use you have lots of ammo and you can shoot it fast but you have to kind of get close um so sebastian core if they were to add more than single shot grenade launchers to the energy slot how would they balance that for pvp would they have to remove one shot capabilities such as play of the game about how to deal with the ammo economy yeah i mean obviously everything i'm saying just creates problems for pve um so yeah you'd have to look at the ammo economy and say do we want people to be able to always spawn with grenade ammo and how much if you treat it like a shotgun and you only spawn with like two or three shots and it's like a shotgun and you got to get kind of close and maybe you got to land two shots on somebody you know they'd kind of go away from being like a token pvp item right now they're token in pvp because of again just ease of use like proximity and you know kind of put it near them and you can shoot really fast so you kind of have that one insurance one going out you know you have that one insurance grenade following up so i mean you could definitely say grenade launchers need less ammo to start like if you're going to spawn with grenades two or three so like kind of like a shotgun if you get close enough and use it right it's kind of a guaranteed kill but it's not it's not uh, a guaranteed kill from as far away as you're using them now because they're i mean that you can you can launch them pretty stinking far uh and that's problematic for pvp if you're always spawning with that kind of ammo um so that'd be my that'd be kind of my push is to say just like telesto right if telesto is going to keep functioning as a power weapon it should only get ammo from power leave it in the energy slot though and then uh if you're going to have grenade launchers slide up to energy you got to lower their damage and their ammo to put them in line with it you know the true sage all these extra effect ideas are great but wouldn't don't you think it would destroy the sandbox no the only way it destroys the sandbox is if they make it too powerful or if it breaks a crucible if you never have enough ammo to use a lot of the things that I talked about, then it doesn't matter, right? A lot of these things only matter if you can actually, because like some of my ideas I've said with like auto rifles, like if you get if you land so many shots with an auto rifle, it 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 procs some crazy explosion, or it makes the rest of the it makes the rest of the clip or the magazine 
uh, explosive rounds or something. Well, if you'll never pull that off on a guardian kill because it's too many, you, as soon as you hit so many crit kills, they die and you lose the chance at getting the perk. Same with grenade launcher effects. Like, if you have to put, you know, four grenades on the ground to trigger the area of effect because they have to be so close together, well, then, like, I, the odds of somebody, I guess, what, they get a kill, pick up energy, reload their grenade launcher, and then use it. Would that really be broken in PvP? It's an area of effect that's easily avoidable. You know? I don't know. Some of the times that good ideas emerge, or, you know, like when we said sword should be in the energy slot too, I think it's just really easy to say that's going to be too strong in Crucible, and then you just nerf the ammo capacity, or, you know, nerf the damage against Guardians or something, which would make, you know, swords maybe not viable in Crucible. I don't know, you know. They're viable right now only when you have power ammo, and power ammo shows up frequently enough that, you know, there's there's a, there's a handful of people running around with swords, you know, getting a good amount of kills on a pretty regular basis. Gorilla Dump. Not related to grenade launchers, but do you believe that if Tess sold a buff that guaranteed Ingram drops to be weapons or armor but would not guarantee god rolls or 600 for characters who aren't 600 would that be pay to win um i mean this is such a specific question i i if she sold a buff that guaranteed ingrab drops to be weapons or armor would that be pay to win no no cuz there's still layers of rng like you might not get the weapon you want and you might not get the roll that you want if you do get the weapon you want, you might get a trash roll. If you finally get the weapon you want and the roll that you want, saying that's pay to win, that's very, very tenuous. The connection there, there's not a very sharp one-to-one connection between the, the transaction and the advantage, right? But like, if you could buy the Luna's Howl, well, then people would be right to say, well, that's pay to win. That gun's super strong, right? I don't think buying a buff for increased drops is pay to win. We get that now. You can buy you can buy and use, which I haven't been using hers today, is the fire team medallion. I yeah. No. Kaze Shy uh Shyam or Kaze Shyam says, How vital you feel that Bungie should separate PvE and PvP sandbox? Why haven't they done that? It's a lot of work. Uh and they don't want the game to feel more separate than it already is. The player bases have are pretty sharply divided. Um, you know, if you look at my weekly engagement and then you look at like Triple Rex weekly engagement, it's going to be very slanted towards one direction. We're kind of representative of those of those sides of the community, right? Um, you you engage with one side or the other. If they start splitting it down the middle even more than it already is. Uh, I, I feel like you would really, really split community push patches, desires, etc. Now, I think they do a pretty good job of making weapons and perks that are clearly built for one side of the game, right? You're not using spike nades in PvP. You're not using um, melting point. I'm sorry. You're not using trench barrel or melting point in PvP. That's a perk from a subclass and a perk on a gun you're just not uh dragonfly okay dragonfly might be kind of helpful in crucible but 
and cluster bombs, but they land on the sides of the game differently. I've always said that's what Bungie should do, is really dig down into making perks that are more clearly built for one side of the game over the other. Trench Barrel and Box Breathing are kind of in that place, right? So, I... I, that, I think that's that's a way to get the split that you're asking for without being like, no, we gotta nerf this gun and make it weaker in PvP and then buff this gun and make it stronger in PvE. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Lono Raging and Crucible is the best content. I've barely touched Crucible and the last couple times I played it, I didn't rage at all. So, I, you know, your passive douchery is noted but inaccurate. Uh, Mberub510 Thoughts on comp seal requiring 16,500 glory points and being time gated for three seasons when compared to the other seals Um, There are some time gated things that are frustrating people Uh, There's another seal that's that's time gated Um, I forget what people were talking about There's another one that people can't get and they were saying they're not going to be able to get it until January or something um, I forget which one it is. I, yeah, seals being time gated is kind of weird. I get that you want to elongate that grind, um, but it, it doesn't seem to make sense. Here's the problem, right? Time gating content or having rhythmic content is kind of Bungie's mo. Um, it's kind of Bungie's mo, and so. If you don't let them do that, then, or or you're like, no, that content should be available all the time because of this seal. I don't think seals should come behind and say, uh, well, we need to be able to do the seals, so this content should be available all the time, right? Like, Whisper of the Worm on weekends, for example. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I can't do that during the week. I'm never going to get the seal. I'm never going to get the gun. That's not a reason to suddenly make that content available all the time. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I've always kind of thought time-gated content is a mixed bag. It's kind of needed. Uh, it's kind of needed, but at the same time, it can frustrate the aims of players in ways that are unintended. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on this, to be honest. I just don't have a strong opinion on it. The Legendary um, 4KG says, Is there ever a time that grenade launchers are actually viable use beyond when a bounty requires use of one? I don't think I've ever used one outside of that. I know some people like to go into endgame content and they like to use the spike nades on bosses. Um, I've heard that. Uh, I know people like to use play of the game in PvP. And play of the game is actually not bad with proximity in the Queen's Walk at the end of the raid. But other than that, it's just, yeah, they don't show up all that often. I just feel they, their identity, their the way you engage with them, the speed of the fire rate, all of that, they feel like they're not strong enough to be a power weapon, and they don't have enough ammunition to really justify use. But... And then if you throw them in the energy slot, then they're too strong. So, like, it needs to be sort of a, you know, shift it to the energy slot, lower, um, lower the, lower how much damage they do, 
and give them more ammunition and then they fit perfectly in the energy slot so I used Telesto and a grenade launcher with boss spec in Gambit <clears throat> what what grenade launcher are you using in the primary that one are you using that kinetic one from that nightfall jack attack will black armory be a DLC uh, like forsaken that you have to purchase or will it be free to play it's part of the annual pass the annual pass costs $30 and there are three um, pieces of the annual pass that you get for the $30 the first piece of that annual pass is the black armory it is not going to be like forsaken in size or scope there is no campaign there is a raid layer so it'll be like the size of crota eater of worlds or spire of stars it'll be a smaller uh, piece of raid content and so it's basically ten dollars you're spending 30 and you're getting three pieces um and you know humorously enough the most ardent critics of the annual pass once they saw details are now you know changing the tune of their story which is why you should always be apprehensive about hating or praising something too early i always said with the annual pass let's just wait and see but it seemed like a logistical smart pivot to spacing out content in a better way than what we had up to this point um i didn't say the content was going to be good or that it was going to be amazing i just said we should wait and see because it seems like a better move than the what we got with like curse and Warmind. like i just don't understand why anybody thought you know pivoting to the annual pass over curse and Warmind structure was better those were just not very good dlcs and the cost structure was more expensive for those DLCs than the annual pass. So, uh, can you buy them separately? No. Uh-uh. You cannot. Um, you buy the annual pass for 30 and then that's it. You get all three. You get all three. Next question comes from Waits for None. Uh, what is it in the TWAB photo on the Penumbra Pass... Uh, season of the Redacted. It's Season of the Shadow, and it looks like a robot with a sword on its back. And I'm not talking like robot like um, like uh, an EXO. It looks like it honestly looks like Benedict. It looks like Benedict with a sword on his back. And since Penumbra is Leviathan in theme, it could be Benedict or an emissary of Callus, like Benedict with a sword on his back I don't know maybe he puts his maybe he's got his broom on his back I don't know I don't know what the frick's going on but it's season of the shadow so dragon tat uh, would gambit trials work as a comp playlist that game mode with pinnacle weapons uh, and armor you don't want to change Gambit too much. I mean, we know Gambit needs a little bit of work. I've, I've called for pretty significant changes to how, how, how the game mode flows. And we know it's going to evolve in Joker's Wild, but I don't think... I don't think you want to turn it into a comp trials playlist. Um, I don't... Yeah, Season of the Broom. Yeah. Season of the Janitor. Uh... Yeah, I don't think you want to turn it into a comp playlist. Now, could they add a separate playlist that is hardened, heroic, whatever, so the ads are harder and the boss is harder and then it's ranked, like that you actually gain in rank and go up, like to justify the engagement? I don't know. Maybe. 
you know, it's just one of those things where, again, I think the reason they're pushing Gambit so hard right now is it's a huge part. I think it's a huge part of their strategy going forward, which means, yeah, you could end up with a comp playlist like it. Um, you could, instead of it being Trials of the Nine, it could be Trials of the Trials of the Drifter, Trials of the Gambit. I don't know. Trials of the Taken. It, it could shift. I don't, that'd be very weird, though. I don't think people would like that at all. I think PvP folks would be ticked if that was like how Trials came back. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono. There seems to be a camp in the community that's against bringing back old planets in D1, saying it'll take up too much development bandwidth. Do you think there's any credence to this concern, and do you think Bungie is considering uh, it for D2? I think this idea that bringing back the old planets or old raids will is will be bad for development bandwidth um, maybe misunderstands how development bandwidth would work on this. So... If let's let's compare the two. Let's compare the two and just use just some conventional wisdom. We're not developers and we don't work for Bungie. But let's just compare the two and let's theorize here, okay? If all of a sudden you brought back all the old planets and all the old raids, and then obviously you gotta retool the gear to be different, like, you know, maybe put it in the infinite forest and like we said, like have a dark future version so all the gear is slightly different, and then you know, the gear kind of makes sense. Um the gear kind of makes sense in our new context the development bandwidth to do that is significantly lower than the development bandwidth to give us an equal amount of content that would be quote unquote new I think I can safely say that and I don't even work for Bungie right I don't work for Bungie but the development bandwidth to give us the old planets and the old raids right that's that's four planets that's four raids and the time that it would take to do that, it, there's no way it's equal to the time it would take to build that amount of new content, right? No, Bungie, give us four new planets and four new raids. No, there's no way. The amount of bandwidth it would take to build that, we know that that many raids is basically equal to four years of the life cycle of the game. Crota was a raid layer, so three years. That's three years worth of delivered content. And what, you think they're just going to crank that out? Brand new? I don't I don't know. I, I don't think so. So I, I, I think it'd be a much, much better pivot to say that you're going you're gonna to be able to give us a bunch of stuff. How many new players to the community, too, would experience those planets, those strikes, those raids, those weapon pools, and it'd be fresh and new to them? Look at the success of Age of Triumph and try to tell me that if if in the summer of next year or in the summer of 2020, the send-off for Destiny 2 was this big giant, like, it starts in April and it's like a four to five month push of bringing back all the old planets and all the old raids, you know, as part of that that year's annual pass, right? 2019 to 2020, right? The send-off of D2. You try and tell me that that's not, that's not a win? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. I I have a hard time believing the community would turn their nose up to that. I have a really hard time believing 
the community will turn their nose up that or be like how dare you use development bandwidth on this bungee you should have made us you know new planets well i mean be real if at that point in the life cycle of the game they're kind of sending the game off then you have to understand that you're you're not going to get that that much content if that's if that's if that's what you're asking for you know so um next question egg roll ghost grenade launchers is there a way to have the ammo regenerate melee grenades to help them not be spamming in pvp right like you could get really creative you could get really creative with the with the way that the ammo works and the way that the perks work so really good grenade launchers in pve would be kind of crap in pvp you could 100 percent do that again this is where perk diversity could help any rapid kills on enemy combatants that's not a guardian right enemies of the darkness whatever on non-guardian combatants rapid kills regenerate you know two shots or something i don't know but if you start to phrase the perks and have the perks only working on enemy combatants in a way that would make it really fun to use in pve but a piece of trash in pvp again i think they can achieve some of those aims without without breaking pvp and it's very 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 possible and i think sometimes we get caught up in the that'd break pvp when all you need is a couple simple phrases on the gun or on the perk to keep the perk from messing up pvp you know against enemies of the darkness was a phrase from d1 you slap that on the end of any perk and that perk suddenly can be amazing and doesn't it doesn't break pvp it doesn't break it right rapid shots give damage multiplier uh, and increasing explosive effect and if you land five subsequent crits in a row the fifth shot creates you know a mini nova explosion on enemies of the darkness and you're like oh my gosh this is gonna break pvp oh no it's not no it's not it's fine (laughs) like you see what i'm saying hey it's a hot 92 says should rng be involved in seal progression uh, RNG is all over the game, so seal progression is gonna gonna have some level of RNG affecting it. Uh, so not much you can do about that. Uh, you know, as far as like things not being available because of RNG and time gated and stuff, I get why people are frustrated, and Bungie needs to hear that player feedback and try and make a pivot that'll satisfy everybody, if it's possible. Calcutta ho. Um. How could we make raid weapons interesting again? Maybe enhanced perks like uh, triple double, uh, unique perks you can't get anywhere else. So magnificent howl is a great perk, and you can't get it anywhere else. There are no perks like that in the raid, and that's a shame. Uh, it's a very big disappointment. Uh, the curated roles maybe could be the only ones with those perks. You know, build build a mini exotic. Use curated rolls. Build a mini exotic. Slap that unique perk on there, and that perk synergy from Wrath of the Machine could kind of rear its head again. And you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this chattering bone has outlaw, and it has uh, explosive desperado." What's explosive desperado? Well, instead of getting the increased fire rate, uh, you get explosive rounds after an outlaw kill, and it lasts for about half of the clip right oh my gosh that sounds amazing yeah it is amazing you can only get it on the curated roll and you can only get it in the raid though explosive desperado is not available anywhere else oh frick i better go run the raid 
right? Instead of being like, well, Chattering Bone, a really good Chattering Bone is not super far removed from a really good Bygones, right? Like, that's what needs to come to the raid. Watch my raid weapon, my raid loot review video. Watch my curated roles video. I touch on all of this. I touch on all of this. Um... Interesting. Um, so. JLA321, why do people want old content in the form of old weapons PvE content anyway? Why don't people want new and more interesting content? Doesn't it seem backwards that we have a sequel and people are constantly asking for the content that is old? Because the content's fun, and if you put good loot in it, and like, think about random rolls and curated rolls. Think about all of the raid loot pools from D1 suddenly getting the curated rolls, random rolls, mod system, masterwork system treatment. So, like, you could get a curated fate bringer that's not like any other hand cannon in the game. It it feels and looks like a fate bringer, but it's different. That's new, awesome, and it leverages nostalgia. Like, established franchises, I think, can do both. I think you can leverage nostalgia. You can leverage nostalgia and... And you can, um... Uh, create new content. You can do both. You can 100% do both. And that's why I think people really loved Age of Triumph. There were brand new things to get and ornaments and stuff in Age of Triumph. There were brand new versions of old weapons in Age of Triumph. And I think that that is... It's kind of where people landed on it. They were like, well, it's nostalgic, but it's also new. I think you can combine two. I think you can combine both. So the problem with the Dust Rock Blues is that it only can hold five. So, like, this is a really cool roll because it has the full auto and the assault mag and field prep gives better ammo reserves but it only gets five shots it's a great fire rate that combination is great but I have another dust rock blues I guess you could add mag to it and get six shots yeah that's disappointing mock nick says referring to bringing d1 locations to d2 uh, would you accept it only if they did it infinite forest simulations or would you only accept it if they were available via transmat I mean it depends if you don't let me if you don't let me go there unless it's like an adventure or something weekly and you gate it then that's frustrating and I don't think necessary Um, but if it's available all the time through transmat or it's available all the time via like I go through the infinite forest and then I can like go to those places I don't know I think either is fine I think either is fine it's just one of those things where I want I just want to go back I want to go back to the old you know to some of the old content and I think a lot of people do yeah this gun without full auto assault mag just shoots too slow in my opinion I, I want a Dust Rock Blues with with full auto assault mag. Not a Dust Rock Blues, I'm sorry. I want a uh, I want a parcel of Stardust with full auto assault mag. 
I have a full auto assault mag moving target and a full auto assault mag moving target here. I don't know why I'm keeping both. Oh, this one has better handling, a bigger magazine. I'm sorry, better handling and speed. Yeah, I don't know why I'm keeping that dust rock. Is it because of the masterwork? That has a masterwork of reload and this has a masterwork of, oh, range. Maybe that's why I'm keeping it. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know. Next question. Uh, Broke Bottle. Do you think there should be more six-man activities you can queue into more than just the Raid of the Crucible? Maybe a six-man strike? I mean, part of me feels like... Part of me feels like that's not really needed. Um, There's not actually a big vacancy in the game right now for that. I don't think people are clamoring for more six-man activities. I think there's a good mixture of activities activities and a good mixture of players as well I think we have a pretty good mixture um, so uh, you know whenever you whenever you add a six man activity with matchmaking uh, you'd have to like here's okay I'll, actually you know what I'm going to say yes to your question I just thought of it I think you could add six man matchmaking for ex- escalation protocol in the blind well and any future content like it there's my answer escalation protocol blind well and any future content like it six man matchmaking yes yeah I think that's a win for the community uh just because I think to a certain degree that content would get more regular injection like I said it before when escalation protocol came out like can we stop being romantic about what the player base what the player base might or might not do uh, when they stumble through the public space and do EP together or do blind well together? Like, stop being romantic about it. You know, I think they increase the spawn rate of these wanted guys. I've had a much easier time with both of my characters getting these HVT wanted bounties done. I feel like they increase the spawn rate, or I've just gotten very lucky. I don't feel like I'm waiting nearly as, as long as I, I did in times past. So. Digital Marine. If they brought old planets back, wouldn't that pose an issue if D3 is a clean slate all over again? Nope. Because here's how you do Destiny 3. I'm going to tell you right now how they need to do Destiny 3. And if they take my idea, great. I think it's I think this is a good idea and not just because I'm I came up with it. Okay. Here's your opening trailer for Destiny 3. We are defending the tower. We're getting overrun by maybe the ancient foe of the Traveler or maybe the Vex Time War really starts to collapse on us and we're getting attacked in the tower. And the opening trailer is dramatic and scary because you see Zavala die and then you see Ikora die and then everything freezes and a portal opens and in walks the stranger. And she says, now I have time to explain. And Cade peeks from behind her back and says, don't be mad. Don't be mad. That's how you introduce Destiny 3. And Destiny 3 is the stranger bringing you back in time. And so you can't take anything with you. You don't have anything. All new planets. And you engage in a time war with the Vex to save... Ikora saves Zavala and ultimately now Kate is alive because the stranger saved him 
That's Destiny 3 storyline right there. That's the cheesiest line I've ever heard. I, there are people in the chat saying Goosebumps, Lono Preach, like, you can think it's cheesy. That's Destiny 3 storyline right there. Go back in time. The, the, the Battle of Twilight Gap, right? You could have cutscenes that create so much backstory for Zavala and and Ikora meeting and and all sorts of stuff. There's so many things you could do with this that would create this idea of like, yeah, we're getting reset, but like there's golden age weapons. There's there's weapons that we heard rumors about. We help forge Galahorn or something like I don't know. Like there is so much they could do with that storyline, and no one would feel like, oh, they stole all of our stuff from us again. Right? They blew up the tower again. You know? That's your Destiny 3 storyline right there. And then guess what they could do? The send-off. The send-off for Destiny as a franchise. The end of the era, the end of the age is all of Destiny. The end of year two or three of Destiny 3 is that we can play all of Destiny, every raid, every strike, every planet, everything is right there. Why? Because that would be the culmination of the time travel. Would we be, we would end up in the present in the present day that would be like your that would be like your culmination like that'd be like your the end I don't know I think that would be pretty dadgum hot I think that'd be pretty dadgum hot and I think it'd be a great way to bring back the stranger and a great way to bring back Cade it'd be a great way to bring back both so you still skip King's Fall? Jay Freeman, happy Friday, man. What would you like to see if uh, out of the pinnacle weapons for next season? Uh, what would you like to not see? I think all pinnacle gear, anytime they introduce pinnacle gear from here on out, it should be pinnacle because of its unique perk. 100%. It should be pinnacle because of its unique perk. Like... You can't keep relying on this, the, 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 the skill trees or the perk trees and stuff that we have now. We need more. Man, Chaos Reach is so strong, dude. Will he not open again until I, oh brother, there's a lot of people here. So, um... That, from here on out, like, I'm really gonna stick to my guns on that. Like, from here on out, like, if they really, really want to add pinnacle gear, it needs to be with unique perks. So you're not like, this is just a really good hand cannon. You're like, no, this is literally a hand cannon that you can't really get anywhere else. Can't get this perk combination anywhere else. And that would be... That would be how you do Pinnacle Gear from here on out. Uh, Deathly Cookies. Do you think they should be at a wardrobe system like other games so your appearance is different than the actual armor you have on? Uh, that's not really needed. I mean, I would be okay with that if it was like a, you know, something minor. I don't want a ton of development put on that. I don't want a ton of people assigned to that job. Um, I don't know. Because I'm thinking like, 
guns, rolls on guns, ornaments for guns. Like, I want a raid NPC that I can rank up and get really cool cosmetics, right? I don't want a wardrobe for the tower. You know what I mean? It would certainly be cool. Like, if they could say every piece of armor has like a tower option, I don't know. When are you going to open up again, dude? Where are these cursed thrall? Next question. Notorious Jeremy. What are your thoughts on the disappointing iron banner weapons, weapons rolls, lack of enhanced perks? Uh, I've seen a good amount of disappointment in the community. Um, I don't really play iron banner, so I'm just kind of like meh about it, you know? I, but I but I'll say this for the people that like it like I don't have a strong opinion but I'll formulate one for my comrades that like Iron Banner and that like PvP if you're gonna do Faction Rally if you're gonna do Iron Banner if you're gonna say these are these are elements of end game activity right if you're gonna say and do that then I think you need to have better stuff better gear more exciting stuff more exciting gear so I'll side with the people that are disappointed and say, you know, give us better stuff. Thank you so much for 11 months, uh, Omega Lol. Oh, oh, Lono Omega Lol. You're spelling Lono with two Omega Lols. Nice. Uh, thank you for almost an entire year, Game Lantern. Appreciate you, man. LPD streams with the last question of the day. What are your thoughts on having the Braytech weapons added to the EP loot pool? I know a lot of people don't like the amount of RNG tied to sleeper nodes. Uh, it was also uh, give people reasons to go back to EP. I'm, I'm not against this. I'm not against this. I, but I, I think the sleeper nodes, you know, the sleeper nodes just could be, you know. Here's the problem with the sleeper nodes. Their drop rate of the of the Braytech uh, Ingrams is too low. Uh, it's too low. That's the problem. I'll take that other question from Saving Annihilator. It's just too low. You could just increase the drop rate. I like a unique grind like that. You grind for them, you open them, you don't get the thing, or you might get the thing. The drop rate's just too low. The drop rate also seems tied to daily reset. Like, if you do, if you go and do the sleeper node thing to try to get a Braytech Ingram right after reset the drop rate's really high and then it goes down again it's like a daily reset buff it's weird it's like your prime attunement honestly is what it feels like i feel like they maybe they use that to experiment for prime attunement the saving annihilator sorry if this was already asked if you remove grenade launchers uh if you move grenade launchers to the energy slot how would they compete against ep shoddy to make them worth using other than to break the monotony well you don't have to close space right they're spammy area of effect splash damage blast radius and you don't have to you don't have to barrel stuff there's a lot of advantages that you have when you use a grenade launcher there's a lot of advantages so i would say i would say grenade launchers wouldn't just shake up the monotony i think if you tooled them properly they could be a great alternative to ikolash shoddy uh they could be a great alternative we got the gambler's palm i've never seen this before is this cade sparrow where did i get this i got cade sparrow it's got spades on it i've never seen this sparrow before uh and it has it rolled with auto loader 
Can I summon this from my collections to try to get the insta spawn on it? That's actually a really cool looking sparrow. I re- I really want to uh Yeah, 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 gambler's palm. It only costs shards to summon it. Let me try and summon one with the insta spawn. Calcutta asks another question. How can many exotics Oh, how can we make exotics feel exotic instead of feeling like just a really good version of its archetype? Sturm and Sunshot, feeling like good hand cannons. Sleeper and Queenbreaker, feeling like a good linear fusion. Um, I don't agree with your, your position. A sleeper does not feel like a good linear. A sleeper feels like a god killer. A Queenbreaker doesn't feel like a good linear fusion. A Queenbreaker is silly. It's broken. It's broken strong. Sunshot's amazing when you get a headshot against a bunch of trash ads. Sturm, okay. I'll agree with you there. Your examples are kind of bad. I get what you're saying. There are some weapons where you're like, why would I ever use the Ace of Spades? It's just a really, really strong kinetic hand cannon. Right? But it, it's unique because it has it has Firefly and, uh, and, and, and Memento Mori and then when you combine Firefly with Chromatic, uh, it's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with your position. So I would, I would actually say, uh, I would actually say that they don't feel the way that you're saying that they feel, but some of them do. Some of them do. So we could afford to maybe ratchet up some of the exotic power. Um, and, and some of them are contextually efficacious, right? Some of their of them are contextually efficacious. Was my first one a 60? It says 50 in the collections and then it comes out here as a 60. That's weird. It says 150 in the collection and then it and then it drops at 160. Are you guys seeing that? It says 150 right there. Interesting. Anyway, I'm going to continue streaming, so stick around here. No, that dropped at a 150, so it's RNG on the speed, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to end it here. I'm going to keep streaming, so I'm not shutting down the stream, but if you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. As with all of my content, if you're listening or watching, I appreciate it very, very much. Please like, share, and subscribe.